0: Whenever you have number 30 in the court, you will have a chance to win. What up, Dub Nation, to another episode of the Catching Dubs podcast. We're your host, I'm Ethan, with my Splash Bro co host, Zach. You know, I was really surprised that the Warriors put off a dub against the Heat with this injury. Um, team so far, so just well done to them. Don't know,
1: just yeah. I'm I, I, I'm not impressed whatsoever. I th- thought the Warriors were in it the whole way. That is straight up uh, fib. Sorry to everyone, but um, Warriors got two straight wins, trying to make it three straight and win me twenty dollars. That's perfect. Um, so the Warriors were here to recap the Warriors last two games against the Cavs and the Heat. And let's get it started.
0: All right. So our first game that we'll be recapping here today is the Warriors versus Cavs on uh, the five-year rivalry of the Warriors versus Cavs. Many years ago, the Warriors won 129 to 98 with Steph Curry as the leading scorer with 36 on 13 and 19 shooting. Overall, it was just a really great game from everyone. Um, everyone that was shooting. Well, I mean, there wasn't really, like, bad things to say. It was just a great night overall. Um, I don't know, Zach. It was just kind of like what Warriors basketball should have been, Um, and I was pretty happy with the results.
1: Yep, Steph Curry still playing at MVP level. Um, Draymond, obviously, still putting up 10-plus assists a game. He hasn't changed. Andrew Wiggins um, still playing. Still improving every day, trying to get up to the thirty-six million dollars he's making. Try to play like a player who earns, who gets paid thirty-six million dollars. If that it made any sense, but he currently <laughs> does not play like he gets paid thirty-six million dollars. Um, another, Cal- another night of the Kelly, another night of the Kelly Ubre experience. Um, he played
0: well. I'm just yeah. gonna give him that. He played well.
1: Yeah. And well, what's another night at the Kelly Uber experience? Yeah. You don't know what you're gonna expect. Um, I think another night that showed that Brad Wanamaker should not be the backup point guard for the Golden State Warriors. I'm sure Brad that. I'm sure Brad is a really great guy, really nice guy, but like I said in previous episodes, I do not think he should be a guy who comes into the second quarter after Steph after Steph goes to the bench and tries to run the point for 6 plus minutes he's just not that type of player back in Boston i think he was the 11th 12th guy on the roster and he dominated in the bubble and that gave bob myers the
0: ammunition
1: yeah the ammunition to, to pull give him, the trigger yeah to pull the trigger to give him a contract um But I also think um, that a lot of – I think the Warriors had eyes on a lot of free agents off-topic in the offseason. But when Clay got hurt, a lot of free agents backed down and didn't want to come because the Warriors weren't going to be serious contenders. But the Warriors got a big W and –
0: One thing though, one thing.
1: It was good. Yeah, it was a good night.
0: Damian Lee – one, two words, Damian Lee, like, this guy has been struggling as of late. Um, Zach, I don't know if you want to touch on that, but, like... He's
1: a sharpshooter, man. You just, uh, we'll touch on the Heat game, but, man, every time he goes into the corner, you find him, man, he knocks it down. That is overly sarcastic, though. <laughs> um, he's... I don't know what to say about Damian Lee but his he's... defense
0: is being suspect right now
1: yeah, that is true but there are some times where he looks great and there are some times where it looks god-awful but I think you can say that to every player in the second unit yeah <laughs> um Eric Pascal, like we mentioned has struggled a lot um in the heat game he was key um uh, on the floor and coming off the bench that led to their comeback we'll get to that but um, Brad Wanamaker, obviously, has struggled all year, Warriors fans can say. Um, Kelly Oubre, obviously, going to repeat myself again, Kelly Oubre experience, you don't know what you're going to get. So. It's a
0: roller coaster, baby. <laughs> He's
1: another part of the second unit, which is suspect. Um, and then you obviously have Damian Lee, who's looked great through the first couple games of the year obviously that buzzer beater against chicago but the past past few weeks she hasn't been hasn't looked that great
0: yeah um he's kind of so just going back to
1: finish my thought i think the second unit is so inconsistent they can either keep this team in the game or they can extend the opponent's lead to 20 points with how bad they play defense I think JTA, when Wiseman, and Looney will come back. He'll probably slide down to the second unit because he's obviously earned the minutes. I think he'll probably, just my opinion, I think he'll be the best overall player in the second unit with how he is playing lately, with how such a high basketball IQ he has. He's not the greatest shooter in the world, obviously. When he shoots three-pointers, you don't see a lot of them going in. But... He knows where to find guys on the floor. And I think he'll be a key part in this second unit uh, this year. And I think the Warriors will try to hold on to him for years to come when Clay comes back and they uh, become championship contenders again. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Um, that second unit, your take on that, I feel like I totally agree with that. Like, this is going to be a make or break for them over a lot of games like we've seen the second unit kind of chokes like a couple games for us so i feel like when everyone else is healthy when wiseman and looney comes back i feel like it's going to bolster that second unit and i feel like we can see a lot of more consistency um but the second unit um was great um for the heat game obviously so as we'll transition to that um they were great and they played a couple nights ago uh, when this recording is released they won an overtime thriller, 120 to 112. The Warriors had no Draymond, no centers, and they were mostly down the entire game, but they still found a way to win the game, especially with Steph struggling all night. But he capped off the evening with two of the most important three-pointers in the game. So it was just kind of kudos to this Warriors team, and I'm in. Um, glad to see the fight within them. So, that's my yeah. I think
1: that game showed. I don't like Draymond Green has said. I don't think the Warriors have an identity this team, but I think it showed on Wednesday night that this team will not back down and they'll always be in it. Fight. Yeah, they showed big fight to get back into the game i think they were down double digits i don't know if they were down double digits down double
0: digits yeah. so i think like
1: fourth quarter was six six minutes to go when stuff comes 14, back in they were down 14 they were down 15 I think. I think it was a 15 point comeback and they scratched and clawed their way in there and i think ken baseball and eric paschal led the way off the bench i think it was one of those nights where the second unit had a good night showing um and I think it was another positive that even when Steph doesn't play well, this team can still win. I think that's just the main takeaway for me from that game is that Steph didn't shoot the ball well at all until – He still scored
0: 25, which yeah, is until crazy.
1: six minutes left in the fourth quarter and then in overtime where he had that dagger three to end it. Um. I don't think the Heat are the greatest team in the NBA, but they're obviously the Eastern Conference former, East, defending Eastern Conference champions. So, I think it was a good one for the Warriors, and they had now have some good momentum heading into a good a good stretch of games against um, some below five hundred teams.
0: Yeah, I feel like the unsung hero of this game has to be Andrew Wiggins, man. Like um, His defense on Jimmy Butler, I think I saw a stat where um, Jimmy Butler was like one in five shooting against Andrew Wiggins, and he made like clutch three. Um, I think it was tied in overtime was like 109-109, and Curry um, penetrated to kick it out to Andrew and he made that corner three kind of reminded me of Clay Thompson there. Like, you know, like the whole catch and shoot stuff and you know, swishing it. I'm like, uh, it, brings a, it brings tears to my eyes to see that, you know, that Warriors basketball is what we're accustomed to seeing. So I loved Andrew Wiggins tonight, especially with the plus 25 plus minus and just overall love the game. This has to be a signature win Zach. I don't know. This gotta be a signature win for them.
1: Yeah, it's easily the most hyped I've been after a Warriors game since the comeback win against Lakers the Lakers game. on in January. So I think Warriors' signature win. They're 16-13 and 13 currently in seventh place, and they have some winnable games upcoming on this road trip. So hopefully take advantage of that and position yourself in between the four and the six seeds in the Western Conference, which I think my prediction was at the beginning of the season that they'd be a four or five seed. So I think with how they're playing and how they can continue playing like this, I think it's reasonable that they could be a four or five seed in the Western Conference. But the Western Conference is obviously very competitive, so they could easily lose a couple games and slide down to the seven, eight, nine, ten 10 seed and have to play in the playing tournament. To get in the postseason, so. Yeah. Still a lot more work to be done for the Warriors.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah um, I think sure. the second segment we have, obviously, I have to talk about Wardell, um, Stephen Curry. Uh, definitely in the MVP conversation, um, there have been a lot of articles, a lot of uh, buzz on Twitter and social media, how – Steph has been performing compared to his unanimous MVP season in 2015-2016. Um so I think we may have discussed this in the last episode. I don't remember, but uh so this is what currently what Steph is averaging as of February 15, 2021, so not last night, but He's currently averaging 31, 30.1 points per game, 5.3 rebounds per game, 5.9 assists per game. Um, and he is ha- currently having a higher points per game than his unanimous MVP season. I think to take, two points to point out. I think the extended offseason helped, obviously. I think him getting hurt Within the first 10 games, and I'm not saying getting hurt is a good thing, but with how much time he had off and how much time he put work in the gym, obviously he looks like he's stronger. Obviously, he looks like he's put on a lot of muscle. Guess you can compare that to oh, shoot, here we go again um, to Jordan putting on muscle before playing the bad boys because he didn't want to take a beating and that's all obviously how the bulls got over the hump but you can't really compare that though because the warriors aren't really going anywhere this year cuz clay's not around but um i think he just looks better it's i agree not very descriptive but he just looks in shape and i think with the extended offseason that has helped him perform at such a high level I don't know about you, Ethan, but those are just my thoughts. I may have a couple that come to mind.
0: Yeah. So um, when we look like at Steph 2016 and Steph 2021, there's I feel like a really big difference, especially with like the team. But Steph 2016 was like the greatest offensive showing that we've ever seen in a season. Um, and personally, I love <laughs> Steph 2016, especially with the OKC daggers. It's, it's especially our intro especially to our podcast but i feel like it was such a dazzle to see steph play every single night because like you didn't know what to expect um with steph but now with steph 2021 we do know what steph is capable of and we are still dazzled every time what he does in the court especially with the 62 57 against dallas and many signature point total games and especially with this team um obviously this team isn't the greatest but you can kind of see the narrative of you know Steph 2016 being the face of you know like the you know of steph being the face of the league in 2016 and then 2021 is um the narrative is can steph like carry this team to the playoffs so it's all about narratives and i enjoy both of them so um you just kind of have to appreciate um, the good stuff before you know it's gone. You know.
1: Yeah, I agree totally with you. Um, he was definitely. I'm not trying to argue here, but I think LeBron has always been the face of the league. But I think during those that during that five year period, the Warriors were just so dominant; they were easily the face of the league. Steph was easily. It was obviously Steph's team when KD got here. KD obviously didn't understand that or didn't like that, but I'm not trying to throw any shade at KD because I perfectly respect his decision to leave, and I'm very thankful that he came and won two championships with the Warriors. But I think – what was I going to say? I think I lost my train of thought. But just overall, I think – Steph never fell out of his prime. That's what Warriors fans seem to understand. He has—he never regressed. As players get older, I think some players regress. Some players lose their juice. He has never lost that.
0: He just had to remind these people what he's all about. 2016 and
1: 2020 – 2021, 2020, He has never regressed whatsoever. Obviously he's putting Lots up he's yeah, he's putting better up better numbers this year. And I think I've seen it all on Twitter. I've listened to Lightyears. With pod. the worst team being yeah. double
0: teamed, triple teamed.
1: Yeah, I've listened to the light years pod of Sam and Andy. Like we have mentioned in the past we brought on Ben, um, who worked with them, but I think Sam or Andy said that. A lot of people are – they, their opinion is that the front office did not put a good enough roster in front of Steph and they're wasting one of one of his prime years, which I perfectly agree with that the Warriors front office has kind of messed this up this year. I understand that Clay going down, they're not a contender, but I think they could have better assembled this roster for him to – be competitive. I think signing a guy like Brad Wanamaker just—that's just a waste of money. Personally, he was—he's never been a backup point guard in this league. I think they—I don't know how they could have improved the team, but I think the front office made a mistake with not putting a great enough roster in front of Steph for one of his prime years.
0: Yeah. Um, that becomes a question now, like, you know, we're like, what, 30, 30-ish games into the season. The question arises, what should the Warriors do? Um, should they stay put at the deadline or go get out a piece? So, we'll answer that after a word from our sponsor. Ever wanted to create a podcast of your own but did not know where to start? Anchor is a platform for you. Best thing that it's free And you can use Anchor's creation tools from the comfort of your computer or phone to record and edit your podcast. It's everything you want in a podcast, in one place, stress-free, as they do the distributions for you. From Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more, Anchor will make sure that your voices are heard. Start that podcast journey and make sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Alright, so the question that we've been seeing well not question but the rumor that we've been seeing is get Bradley Beal or Zach Levine just to trade Kelly Oubre or trade the Minnesota 2021 pick and you know there has been a divide amongst Warriors fans not with Kelly Oubre but with Wiseman and Wiggins and with the Minnesota 2021 pick so I'm just gonna ask your opinion on on this sack. I know you're a big fan of Bradley Beal, but do you think would the Warriors pull the trigger on that?
1: I if I was Bob Myers and I was sitting in Bob Myers's position. You pulled the trigger. You it's time to win now. I understand that you're probably going to have to give up some of your future, some of your picks, some of the guys on this roster, but let's, let's talk about it for a little bit. Steph Curry is, like I said before, I'm repeating myself like I always do. He's never regressed. He's still in his prime. He will probably still be in his prime until he's 38, 37 years old. He will probably be like Tom Brady at basketball and play until he's 45 with how great he is. He's easily a top. Here we go. Contradicting myself, but he's probably a top 15 player of all time and we don't know how clay is going to come back and if clay doesn't come back 100 i hope that clay comes back better than ever and that he can still play at such an elite level but with a player coming off a torn ACL and now a torn Achilles you don't know how he's going to come back some guys never come back from that the same obviously and some guys never come back from it at all and if Clay doesn't come back at such a high level, and he becomes...
0: Like a shell of himself?
1: Yeah. He become he isn't very good, and he's not the same he ever used to be. I, and you didn't pull the trigger on a guy like Bradley Beal or a guy like Zach Levine, who are young and in their prime. So I'll scratch my head a little bit. But then... I'm kind of torn, but I like Bradley Buell a lot. I'd pull the trigger on him, but I'm also torn that if the Minnesota pick works out with how this is going to, this is a weird use of the word, but how appetizing the NBA draft looks this year with how many guys coming out that look like, and maybe NBA starters, like Jalen Suggs, who could, Who's a point guard from Gonzaga, who's easily the best player on that team. I think he's a freshman. You got Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga, who are playing in the G League, who have looked extraordinary. And all three of those guys, if it works out for the Warriors and they end up keeping that pick and, they sli- and the Warriors get the four or five, six pick, all three of those guys could easily slide down to them. And I think Jonathan Kaminga or Jalen Green could easily. Come in and contribute some offense to this team, and maybe become a starter. I think my prediction with what I think the Warriors are going to do, I think they're probably going to deal Kelly Oubre and maybe try to get a young player.
0: But isn't Kelly like really young too? I think he's like what, I think it's like 26. twenty six mid twenties. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think. So... Th- I think they're gonna to try to get a young player like Lonzo Ball, which has obviously been a trade rumor, him heading to the Warriors. But I'm just like I said, if I was Bob Myers, I would probably pull the trigger on Bradley Beal or Zach Levine. But personally, my prediction is I don't think they will pull the trigger on either. I think they're gonna wait. I think they're gonna hope the Minnesota pick works out. Draft a guy like Jonathan Kamingo or Jalen Green. And then sign some good veteran role players in the offseason. Guys like, let me pull up the 2021 NBA free agent expiring contracts. Sign a guy like Victor Victor Oladipo. They could trade for Victor Oladipo at the deadline. I understand that he's injury prone, but I think he's young. He could be a great fit for the Warriors. could try... They could sign a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr., who could be a great guy coming off the bench. They could bring bring home Iggy. I know Iggy's older, but he has such a high basketball IQ. He's familiar with Steve Kerr's system. I think that would be a plus for the Warriors, sign a guy like Danny Green. But to finish off my thoughts, I think the Warriors should go all in and go for a guy like Bradley Beal and... Or Zach Levine, like I said before, I think I personally thought that the Warriors should go after James Harden. And with the way the Nets are playing now and how everything is fit together, I think a lot of teams like the Miami Heat are regretting that they didn't trade their future for James Harden. Do you, just a statement to the team, Miami Heat's front office from myself, are Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero so special that you think that when they develop into becoming great players, that the Miami Heat will win championships, and they'll win more championships than the Nets will if when they have James Harden. That's an, that answer is no. If the I Miami
0: Heat, he- I thought, I felt like they should have gone for James Harden. In my opinion. easily,
1: I James Harden is. Like He's like scor- yeah, one of the best score, yeah, a one of the best scorers talent. to ever play in the NBA, and they never pulled the trigger because they didn't want to give up their future. I understand teams don't like giving up their future. Some front offices are very, what's the word, shy about it. They don't hesitant? like that. Yeah, hesitant? They, hesitant. they don't like the idea about idea of it, but. I personally thought the Warriors should have gone after James Harden and I think the Warriors should give it a shot. Go all in. Yeah. Play your hand, Bob.
0: Um, You know, I, I'm totally cool with going all in, but you know, knowing the Warriors, I feel like they're just going to stay put. They're not going to make any moves because I feel like they just kind of fell in love with how Kelly Oubre is like playing with them. Although he does, you know, make some bad plays. Of course, it's the Kelly Oubre experience, but, you know, he, I think Steve Kerr just loves the energy that he brings on defense. And he's slowly starting to understand how to be a part of this motion offense. Um, I think they're just gonna just give it more time to mesh um, even after the deadline. So I don't see them um, doing anything at the deadline, maybe signing a few guys, but um, that's what I think. But as in terms of, you know, trading for the big guys i feel like they're not going to do it um just because they want you know i guess i don't know what like is just to feel more organic i guess they didn't want to go get like like a blockbuster trade because i don't remember the time or is it a blockbuster trade
1: i mean the andrew wiggins trade was quite surprising but i wouldn't consider a blockbuster
0: yeah and i think i don't the- think the warriors would yeah. do that
1: and i think th- with the Warriors have easily won that trade with how things have played out that if they end up holding on to the lottery pick and that works out with how Andrew Wiggins has improved so much since he was in Minnesota I think the Warriors easily won that trade that's there's a slight bias coming from me as a Warriors fan both of us as Warriors fans but I think two-way wigs is here to stay Jordan baby yeah. But I completely agree with you. I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, I completely I completely agree with you. I don't I don't think Bob Myers and Joe Lake up in the front office will make any moves at the deadline. I think they want to hold on to the pick and see how it plays out. And if it ends up playing into their favor and they drafts a guy like Jonathan Kaminga and Jalen Green, I'd be hyped about that. And then we'll just have to hope for the best that Clay comes back better than ever, and then reconstruct the second unit. I think that's the main goal for the off season: reconstruct the second unit, sign some better bench players. Not Brad Wanamaker for crying out loud, but those are my thoughts on it. I think we provided a good <laughs> analysis for it's you, the listeners.
0: I'll just say one more thing about for just next season. Cause I feel like this season is kind of just a bit over for the Warriors, like championship wise, because clay went down, but next season all championship hopes for this warriors team is contingent on clay, you know, being like at the best, you know, if clay is like what 70%, which I doubt they're forcing back at 70%. Like, um, I don't know. It's just the West is so loaded and, they need Clay at a hundred percent to have, you know, their their names in that conversation of being a championship contender. Without Clay, they are not a championship co- contender. I feel like that's just a given at this point. Without, so, yeah, without
1: a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, I think yeah. after Clay went down, it was over. Yeah, Warriors. Yeah, Warriors Twitter was
0: we chalked it up oh, already
1: in shambles, but yeah. They weren't competing for a championship when Clay went down. It was period. End of story. Kelly Ubrey, that's great that Joe Lacobs winning it, willing to pay a whole ton of money to bring Kelly Ubrey in and pay for his contract. But we knew Kelly Oubre wasn't coming in to play like Clay Thompson because obviously he hasn't no played like Clay, uh, Clay Thompson. And like Ethan said, no one can replace Clay Thompson. But I think this is an inter- interesting subject and we'll continue to talk about touch it.
0: On it throughout many episodes in the future. Yes. All
1: right. That will conclude episode number 19 of the Catching Dubs podcast. Um, thank you all for listening. Make sure to follow us on our Instagram at Catching Dubs pod and on Twitter at Dubs pod. And we'll see you in the next one. Adios.
0: Thanks, y'all. See y'all later.